Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 986 of Locked on Raptors for Friday, July the 16th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. Also, please make sure to support all the shows across the Locked on Network that are covering the lead up to the draft, covering the postseason in the case of Locked on Suns and Locked on Bucks. And of course, we got all the other shows covering uh, the other sports too. With the NHL offseason is coming up close here soon, baseball is hitting the stretch run. No shortage of stuff for you to check out across the network. So please go and do that. Today's show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it with Michelob Ultra. All right, on today's show, as I promised, Earlier in the week, uh, we're joined by Raphael Barlow of Locked on NBA Draft and NBA Draft Junkies to basically teach me about second round draft pick options because I am a little bit, uh, you know, not exactly schooled up on second round guys. Uh, you know, I try to do my best, but I like to leave this stuff to the experts because why not? There are experts who are spending hours and hours pouring over footage for these guys. I uh, don't know what I'm looking for. And so I bring in smart people like Raphael to tell me what to think about second round picks. And of course, the Raptors have two second round picks in this year's draft, 46 and 47 acquired uh, in two draft day trades, trading Matt Thomas to the Jazz and uh, Terrence Davis to the Kings. And so, uh, Raphael, how's it going, man? Welcome in. Everything is going good. I wanted to congratulate you when you said episode 986. I thought about that like that is a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's it's lining up that episode 1000 might be like the first day of free agency. So it, we could bring in uh, the, the second thousand episodes with like the departure of Kyle Lowry and some deep depression or anything like that. So um, I yeah, it's been a, it's I about, a okay, lot of shows. <laughs> coming up so that means it's it's like perfect timing in a sense that uh you know the thousands episode is it's in it's going to be at like the peak of the off season so yeah yeah hopefully that's the, it's a the great episode for you here's hoping um this one will be great too man I, i'm really excited to talk to you about second round guys um as i said you know you try to do your reading and all that but i like to leave this part of the draft to the experts who know what they're talking about have watched these guys more than just in the form of little clips on youtube and stuff uh and so before we get into specific guys i do have some individual guys i want to get to talk to you about and you're also very well versed on the overseas guys so uh, mm-hmm. i'm excited to hear your thoughts but just in terms of this year's draft in the second round, is there, you know, compared to years past, compared to a general year, like, is this a deep second round of pool of guys? It seems as though, you know, in sort of looking through mock drafts, you know, there's the back part of the first round, like 20, even, you know, into like 40 or 50, you pull any number of those guys and put them at the back end of the first round. And it doesn't sound so crazy. Am I wrong in that sort of assessment? What's your overall view of the talent pool that you'll be getting into once the Raptors are picking in the middle of the second round? I think you're absolutely correct. I think 20 through 40 is, I mean, I think it's fluid. 
I don't think there's much of a gap between 20 and 40. Now, the Raptors are after 40, but I also feel like there's guys that could be projected to go as high as 35 that could end up at 50. And I I think that with Toronto's development program, that especially with they have multiple picks in the second round, I think they have the ability to, you know, swing from the fences and and, and gamble on some really, really high upside guys. So I think the Raptors are in a, a pretty good position. And I think some of those really high upside guys could end up falling to the Raptors in the middle of the second round. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we know the Raptors are happy to take guys who have flaws and try to coach them out. It's been a bit of a rough couple of years in terms of second rounders for the Raptors. Of course, they picked 59th overall the last two years. So not exactly right in the mix in the second round. And by the time you get to that part of the draft, oftentimes guys don't want to get drafted and would rather go undrafted and choose their destination. Um, so, you know, Dewan Hernandez didn't work out so well. Jalen Harris looked like he was working out until the NBA decided, oh, we have to suspend guys for drugs now. Um, I guess not now, which has kind of always been their David stern ass thinking on this kind of thing so that's a bummer jalen harris won't be around and i do think that could change the raptors philosophy a little bit here in the second round because i was thinking you know with jalen harris with you know a few younger pieces on the roster with their own first round pick and two second rounders i thought there might be potential for maybe a draft and stash guy but also at the same time you know i've kind of thought about the raptors as a draft and stash team a lot over the years but also it kind of you know on the other side they have their own G League team. They have uh, a really well-oiled machine down there for development. And I wonder if maybe they start looking away from guys overseas who might stay overseas for a year or two and instead look for guys who will play in the G League next year so they can kind of develop under the Raptors sort of umbrella. Um, you know, what do you think the G League's impact has been on overseas guys and draft and stash guys? Do you think it's had any sort of tangible impact or is it more of a team by team thing? And, you know, do you think the Raptors kind of qualify as a team that might look to get guys who are more local and aren't going to be overseas for, you know, who knows how long? Well, it's a team by team thing, but the Raptors yeah. are, in my opinion, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on Locked on Raptors, but <laughs> has any team done better at developing guys through their G League organization? I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's even close. So sure. uh, I have some guys that I'm praying end up falling <laughs> to the Raptors. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that Toronto's in a situation that they won't really need to stash guys overseas because of their, their G League. Now, it's a matter of, of, you know, agents agreeing to spending the whole season in the G League. Some, sure. some guys may – they may not like that or they may rather sell. I'd rather not get drafted, like you mentioned, and then go to a team where they could end up being on, on, a, on a two-way or something like that. So, sure. um, so yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, their situation is a little different. For those situations, uh, I would just uh, maybe just roll out the contracts of Fred Van Vliet and Norman Powell and Pascal Siakam and uh, Chris Boucher and all the other guys who have turned – G League runs into uh, very lucrative NBA careers and say, hey, uh, do this and you'll be just fine. We know what we're doing. Um, you mentioned there's a couple of guys you're really hoping will fall to the Raptors at 46, 47. Let's start with some names, man. Do you have anyone sort of top of mind that you're really like, okay, if the Raptors were to get their hands on this guy, who's like the number one guy you have in mind when you say that? Ibu Baji. Okay. <laughs> So tell me about him because I have no idea who he is. (laughs) He goes to Toronto and he wants to be great. He, you have a starting center for your, your, your future. He's 18 years old. He actually just played at the under 19s. He's about seven, one, two 40 
freak athlete. Think about Orlando Magic Dwight Howard athlete. I mean, just great shot blocker. If he, it's, it's to the point where he's so bouncy and such a good shot blocker that when you watch his film and you watch his blocks, it looks like maybe 50% of them could be gold tents. Now, he's really raw. <laughs> the offense still has a ways to go, but he shows some flashes of being able to knock down open jumpers. And well, I should say this. He shows flashes of being able to shoot. I mean, the percentage on his jump shots isn't great, but the touch looks good. The form looks good. He's an awful, absolutely awful free throw shooter. <laughs> but the, it, it seems like it's, it's a, um, it's, there's potential there. But as far sure. as just his athleticism, as a defender, a vertical lob threat, I, I think that he's someone that is perfect for Toronto. And if I'm a side, which I don't, has he even signed a contract yet? <laughs> no, but he, all the reporting is that he's preparing as though like he's going through the draft process as though like he very much sees the Raptors problems as ones he wants to fix. So okay. until other reporting comes up, I'm not too worried, especially since no teams out there really have like a vacant president job that's better than what the Raptors have. So yeah. I think he'll be around. OK, so yeah, if I'm him, I'm drooling at the potential to have this guy, whether he comes in and, you know, makes the roster as the last man or you end up having him as a, a two-way guy that you can develop with the 905 but he would be my I mean if, if there's a marriage that I feel like is perfect in this draft whether it's as a first pick or second round pick or two-way guy it is Baji with the Toronto Raptors it's kind of like a shameless plug here but if you go to my my youtube channel uh, nbadraftjunkies.com I have a video that I made of him probably like a week or two ago his name is spelled I-B-O-U-B-A-D-J-I. And I guarantee you, when you watch the footage, you'll be wondering, like, why isn't this guy a projected lottery pick? Well, I'm going to have to uh, fire up that video as soon as we're done here. I'm very excited for Ibu Baji now. Uh, and that's a great way to pivot into uh, a break. We're going to come back and decide to get some more names from Raphael, uh, guys who might work for the Raptors. And I want to run a couple names past you as well. Uh, we'll do that in just a second here. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com who are saving you money when you go to the mechanic. I am a car dumb dumb. I don't know what's supposed to cost what. When I go to the mechanic, I'm basically at their mercy and it sucks. I end up paying way too much for my car all the time when I could be saving 30, 50, even 100% on the parts that, uh, that I'm buying for my car. You know, for example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is 353 bucks on average from a chain store. You can get it from 216 bucks at rockauto.com. That's incredible. And I don't know why you'd pay for parts at a mechanic ever again. The best part about Rock Auto is their site is so easy to use and you get multiple options for every part as well. It's not just, oh, here's your one option. It's the only one we have in stock. They have four, five, six different options, brands, spices, uh, prices, specifications, and all that for you to choose from. It is wonderful. It puts the, uh, the power back in your hands when you go to the mechanic. Go to the rockauto.com right now. And see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you as well. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Raphael. So you mentioned Ibu Baji before the break as one of those guys who you're hoping falls to the Raptors. Um, I'm guessing there's probably one or two others. So I'll just turn it over to you. Who else do you have in mind as guys who could potentially benefit from landing with the Raptors at 46 or 47? <laughs> I mean, any player. 
and, and, I love and, having you on. It's so great having you on. You, you love the Raptors to a degree that makes me very happy. <laughs> I just love the development. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of bummed about Jalen Harris. I, I live in Dallas, and I've had a chance to watch him. And yeah. I thought that he was showing just being able to come in and contribute uh, sure. next year. Um, another guy, and it's actually on like the, the list of players that, that you had mentioned to me, but Charles Bassey would, would sure. be another player that I think could benefit from Toronto. Bassey was highly, re- highly recruited out of high school. I think maybe even when he was maybe like a sophomore or junior, a lot of people thought that he could be a potential number one pick. He re- reclassified, followed a coach or someone on the coaching staff to Western Kentucky, kind of disappeared off the radar at Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Then he had an injury. He actually declared for the draft, came back his sophomore year. He had an injury, I think like 10 games in, came back as a junior, had a pretty good year. I'm just off the top of my head. I want to say it's like 17 points, 11 boards, around three blocks per game. Yeah. And his name isn't really being mentioned a lot, especially in the first round. I think maybe ESPN has projected him as like a late first round pick, depending on the mock. I thought he had a pretty decent workout in Chicago. I don't know if he falls to 46, but this draft is so weird. And then you just don't know how teams feel about bigs. He's more so traditional big. So that's why I think that he could possibly fall there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's someone that shows flashes of being able to knock down open shots, even although he shot about 30% from three. If I do have a knock on him is that it seems like he was trying to prove this year that I can be the modern-day big that can knock down open shots. Sure. I think that – and that's a debate in itself. Should he expand his game or should he just be who he is? And I think – if he just decides to just stay who he is, I think he can be effective because he's such a physical presence. Like I said, average three blocks per game. And he's someone that I think you can dump it down to, not necessarily like, you know, giving the ball in the post and clear out and say, hey, go get us a bucket. But I think someone that can exploit a switching team. Mm-hmm. So I think that he would be a, a, a good player there. And then maybe, you know, it's a situation where he develops into a – decent floor spacer in Toronto. Sure. I just think for bigs, it's kind of tough that some guys end up trying to add too much to their game. They forget who they are. And, you know, you see a, a big decline. I mean, I think the biggest example is like Andre Drummond. Sure. He's, man, you've seen the videos all summer of him working on his handles <laughs> and his jump shot. And I mean, he was a guy that was, I don't know if he was a max player a few years ago, close to it. And now his, <laughs> he may get like a, a, a MLE. Yeah. Like he's been trying to do too much. So I'm kind of on the fence about stay the same. Cause you look at a guy like Rudy Gobert, he's never tried to shoot threes and sure. got 200 million. <laughs> <Look at Trump. laughs> it, it, so, but yeah, I think Bassey would be someone that Toronto should take a, a, a lot of interest in. Yeah. I mean, the thing too is with a guy like that, you know, again, I'm speaking as someone who's not intelligent on this stuff. So it's just kind of my theories um, that I'm passing along here, but Bassey, like that type of guy, you know, if your expectations are where they should be for a second round guy, like you don't necessarily need to think of that guy as, Oh, he's only worth it. If you can teach him how to shoot, like if he's got other stuff in the bag and, you know, he's got the pedigree that you talked about coming into college before, maybe sort of going down some weird paths and not quite uh, making good on that in college, you know, 
I find just like get a dude who's talented and then figure it out. And, and then don't worry so much about, Oh, does he do this modern game thing? Or does he do this thing? Like if you get a guy who maybe has some flaws, but they're a rotation player, that is an absolute win of the second round pick. And so, um, you know, maybe that's sort of a thing where, you know, the Raptors development team, instead of just like, okay, we got to force this thing. Maybe they realize there's other stuff there. That's good too. And then focus on that and then turn him into a, a player who can hang around for a bit. Um, Bassey was one of the players that I put out the call last week for, you know, names of people who I, you know, I should ask you about Bassey was one of them. He was one of the more common ones actually, uh, that people replied with, uh, a couple more uh, in that group that I want to get to as well. Uh, Amar Silla is one who, uh, came up, I believe he's playing overseas right now. Uh, mm-hmm. what's the deal on Amar Silla? He seems like the sort of raw power forward, sort of modern, big type, uh, the lazier draft website says everybody seems to do these days says, Oh, he can be Pascal Siakam. And it's like, yeah, sure. The, the once in a generation developmental track, definitely. That's what the guy's going to be. Um, but what, what's the deal with Amar Silla? He seems to be a guy that some people are pretty excited about in Raptor circles. Yeah. I had a chance to watch him play live at the, I want to say it was the under, Oh, man, I get them mixed up. There was one year they had the under-18s and under-19s in Greece. They were in two different cities, and I went to both. Like, I spent a week there, came back to the States, and then went back to Greece. So I want to say he was on the under – I think he played at the Mm under-19s, but he was young. He may have been on, like, 17 at the time. So I saw, like, the, the upside and potential there. The Siakam comparisons are kind of scary in a sense because of the body type, just kind of long and gangly with some wing skills. Um, I mean, I think Siakam is an outlier in a sense, which mm. is, I mean, just off the subject a little bit. I live in Dallas and I follow like high school basketball closely. Sure. Siakam went to high school right here in the Dallas area and I never heard of him. That's how, <laughs> <laughs> that's how crazy, you know, his climb is. Mm-hmm. which you know like i said that's an outlier but yeah. someone at new mexico um saw or new mexico state saw something in him and developed and then the raptors just took it to a totally another level <laughs> there. Yeah, i still I mean, remember I, being very angry the raptors didn't take deontay davis with that pick uh <laughs> yeah i, I mean, don't know anything that's school. the thing <laughs> yeah. well you know what i can't say that's you because he was projected yeah. a lottery pick that year and he ended sure, up falling yeah. and he has literally been out of the league since I don't even think he lasted past year two. I yeah. He know. still is living in Vince Carter's apartment. He built for him in his house in Memphis, I think just kind of hanging out. Uh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't beat yourself too much for that because <laughs> uh, a lot of people would have made the same mistake. Cause like I said, sure. he was projected a lottery pick all the way up until the end. And maybe it was an Intel thing. Because, yeah. you know, he's very talented. But, yeah, I mean, Amar has, you know, he definitely has this wing skills. He's 6'9", very skinny. I mean, they have him listed at 190. I think yeah. that's kind of a little, you know, he must have had on some Timberland boots. And, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> when they weighed him. But, yeah, I mean, I can see, like, the, the wing skill, the intrigue there. Definitely somebody that would need some development. Definitely someone that I think would be good to develop in – with the 905 for a season, sure. maybe even a season or two. Yep. And who better to learn from than Siakam? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, Amar Silla was one of those guys. Another one I want to throw your way is a Canadian who's been uh, doing some, I guess, rising up during the combine process. AJ Lawson uh, seems to be a guy people are a little bit uh, warmer on than they were at the start of the draft process. It was kind of a question as to whether or not he was going to stay in. Uh, I believe he stayed in. That, that, that That's my latest uh, understanding. What's the read on AJ Lawson? Very interesting because... I actually saw him play at the same tournament that I mentioned. And, sure. um, and even like Abaji was in this tournament. So Abaji and, and Celia, Celia, however you pronounce the name, they were on the same team. Sure. And AJ Lawson was one of the best players in this tournament to the point where I was expecting him to have like a, a breakout sophomore season at South mm-hmm. Carolina. He had a good season. I think he flirted with the draft last year and his role. I mean, he's a, very good athlete, but I think his role would be somewhat of a three and D player. Sure. But so far the three point percentages haven't led up to him being this, this three and D guy. Um, and I think this year he had his least efficient year across the board. I mean, his mm-hmm. field goal percentage was a career low. His three point percentage was low. Only shot 70% from the foul line. So that concerns me, but it doesn't shock me that in workouts, he's looks, I mean, he's, he's going to do well in workouts because I think he can knock down open shots. And I'm sure if it's one of these agent scripted workouts, he's going to shine with his athleticism, a little skinny also needs to bulk Mm -hmm. up and and get stronger, but he's another guy that I feel like would be more so of a, a guy that you look to develop in the G league, as opposed to making the roster. Gotcha. Uh, We're going to get to a couple more guys here to close out the show. Uh, And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it here. We'll do that in just one second though. But first I want to tell you about our friends over at built bar who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. They've got a lot of great flavors for you to try. They got nine staple flavors in their lineup and you can go to built.com and pick up a mixed box with two of each of the nine flavors and uh, try out, see what your favorite is and then order a full box or a crate or uh, whatever you want of your favorite flavors. Mint brownie is the best. I'm just going to say that ahead of time. Go get mint brownie. It's fantastic. Uh, if you go right now to built.com, use the promo code locked 15. You're going to get 15% off your next order at Built Bar. They're really, really good. I don't know what to say. When I'm going for a workout or something like that, I love to have a Built Bar uh, beforehand. It gets me you know, the fuel I need while also not weighing me down. It feels like I'm cheating when I'm not cheating at all. Again, it's Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order. That is promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Go check them out. All right. Uh, Raphael, let's close this thing out. I had a few more names I wanted to throw your way. Guys who uh, Raptors fans seem to be pretty interested in. And we'll obviously continue to talk about these guys over the course of the next couple of weeks here too. Um, but let's uh, quickly hit on a couple of guys. So JT Thor is someone I wanted to bring up. He seems to be someone who is rising up boards a little bit right now, getting mocked in the late first round. He might not be there for the Raptors. Um, but, you know, long, athletic, you know, talented big man, you know, seems like, again, one of these sort of guys the Raptors could try to mold. Um, and there's always the potential, of course, of the Raptors, you know, putting their two picks together to try to move up if there's someone they really want at the back end of the first or the start of the second. Uh, JT Thor, what's the read on him? Why is he climbing boards right now? Is there any chance he'll be there at 46 or 47? So I, uh, I asked a question on my Twitter <laughs> about JT Thor. 
the best thing that happened to JT Thor was the season ending. (laughs) 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 He, he, I mean, he had some flashes this season, but my God, I've never seen someone whose stock just seems to be skyrocketing without any games being played. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to me where we're not watching the games and then now you're just doing your, you know, you're doing your second round of, film study and now he, he pops out to you but I've seen him like as a lottery pick I've seen some people have the the Pacers or the Warriors selecting him around 13 or 14 he's it's it's gonna be tough to predict where he goes because like I said I've seen him as low as 40 mm-hmm. on like Tankathon I've seen him as a lottery pick he might be someone that is a Twitter favorite Twitter may like right. him more than right. so the Grizzlies will get him then but the the flashes are there he's six nine he's he's about 210 he has i think like his best upside is this switchy defender that can play three and four that can block shots but also knock down open threes he does show some flashes of being able to create his own shot like he's one of these guys that like if i made a highlight tape of all (laughs) <laughs> the flashes of what he can do you think like i mean this guy is is a guaranteed lottery pick but he's still really raw mm-hmm. but i i get the upside because you don't really see too many guys that are six nine six ten that can dribble the ball a little bit show flash has been able to create their own shot and then you know he has the athleticism and, and then i think that just how fluid he is and mm-hmm. not only is he athletic, but I think there's a difference between being athletic and fluid and he has both. So, I mean, I think of a guy like Obi Toppin, he's extremely athletic vertically, mm-hmm. but side to side, he's, he's, he's <laughs> stuff. and Thor is someone that has both. He's, he can jump vertically, not, not really, really explosive, not like a Greg Brown type, ex, you know, explosive athlete, but he's still a, a good athlete. But I think his fluidity will allow him to be like a, a guy that can defend multiple positions and switch. And he won't get ran off the floor in the playoffs, which right. I think this this season has shown how different the playoffs are. Guys that are, you know what I'm saying, high-level starters in the regular season are getting ran off the floor. So sure. I think that's what his upside is that he's someone that in a playoff setting should be able to stay on the floor, at least on the defensive end. Yeah, makes sense. You know, I mean, that's like the Raptors whole thing, right? That's what they missed so badly this season, having Aaron Baines out there as someone like just they didn't have any centers who could reliably stay on the floor and play Nick Nurse's aggressive system. Obviously, throwing a rookie into Nick Nurse's system, it's not going to stick right away. Obviously, it'll be some development. It'll be some G League time. But, um, you know, that's intriguing, at least to me. Uh, one other guy I want to ask you about, and he's sort of uh, one of the darlings of the pre-draft process, not necessarily because of pedigree, but because he's a very cool story in that he was never really expected to be an NBA prospect. And now here he is potentially a second rounder, maybe even a late first rounder. I think I've seen him on one or two mocks. And that's Jason Preston out of Ohio. Um, you know, seems like a pretty interesting dude. Also seems to really fit a lot of the boxes the Raptors tend to go for, you know, long, you know, four-year college player, sort of a, 
guy, older guy, just sort of like ready to play right now, maybe isn't going to be some sort of star, but does kind of check some of those boxes. You know, the Fred Van Vliet uh, effect, for example, the Malachi Flynn as well. Um, Jason Preston, what's the read on him? Uh, will he be there in the second round, do you think? And, you know, if he does fall to the Raptors, what do you like of the fit there? Well, first of all, he has the best story in yeah. <laughs> this whole draft process. Jason Preston's story makes me believe, you know, I could be president one day. <laughs> I mean, the odds were so stacked against him. Like, I mean, I think he was just going to school for journalism. And, yeah. and then he was, I, I forgot exactly how it was, but he was like on a, was it like a prep school team or something like that and worked his way up. And it, it's crazy. And I first really became aware of him as an NBA prospect. And he had a game earlier in the season against Illinois. And the funny thing about it is the first thing I said when I watched this film is, is if his name was Jason Ball, he looks like the fourth ball brother. Like he <laughs> looks and plays like he could be like Lonzo and LaMelo's brother. Doesn't play like, like Jello, but I mean, he has the hair, he has the, the size, big guard. All of that. And uh, I like him a lot. I don't think he'll be there at 46. I, okay. I don't think so. I think he's, he played well enough in Chicago that he answered a lot of the questions about him. I think there were some concerns. Like, okay, he went to a mid-major school at Ohio. Although, I mean, arguably his best game of his career was against Illinois, which was a, a really good Illinois team. Mm-hmm. So I think for him playing in, in, at the Combine in Chicago against other NBA prospects, was um, was big for him. So I think he put himself out of position for the Raptors. But you never know. I mean, this draft is so it's so weird. And I had mentioned this with uh, Chad Ford, mm-hmm. that a lot of the teams in the 30s and early 40s have multiple picks. Like, for example, the Thunder have picks 34, 36. Detroit um, has two picks at 37 and 42. I think the Pelicans have three or two or maybe three picks in the second round, I believe. So you may mm-hmm. see a bunch of teams in the early thirties take draft and stash guys, which right. may push guys like Jason Preston down maybe. So sure. there is a chance that he could end up falling because some teams may be like, you know, we don't want to pay for a guy this year. We'll take this foreign kid that we're going to stash. So there could be a shot, but I feel like my gut feeling is telling me that he's played himself into position to where, he'll be at, you know, he'll be selected in at least the mid thirties or higher. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, to close out here, I kind of want to go the other way. We're talking about guys who are kind of rising up boards and I do sort of wonder, we talked about how 20 through 40 seems kind of fluid and, you know, 46, 47, not too far down from there. Again, the Raptors could always package a couple picks together to move up if they really wanted to get a guy. Um, I'm curious if there's anyone for you who's sort of, been in that 20 to 30 range even you know even in the teens maybe flirting with the lottery at some point throughout the draft process here who you think is a candidate to potentially slip down i think the guy who comes to mind for me uh, two guys actually so uh jaden springer was like in the top 
10 for a lot of the season. I love Jaden Springer. I think he's awesome. I really like watching his clips. I, I always have a good time. Um, when I was looking at Keon Johnson, when the Raptors were around seven, Jaden Springer seemed just as exciting to me in a lot of ways. Uh, but he seems to be slipping. I think I've even seen a couple mocks where he's not in the first round anymore. Um, you know, seems like a stretch that he would fall to 46, 47. But again, the potential of trading up and who knows. Um, there's him and then Io DeSunmu from uh, Illinois as well seems to be kind of slipping as well. And in a couple of cases out of the first round and some mocks I've seen as well. Um, you know, either of those guys, is there somebody else maybe who you think was sort of high in the draft process early on, but has kind of slipped for whatever reason? Um, you know, when, when people rise and fall, I just kind of wonder what, where is it coming from? Sure. Could it be like too much evaluation where you're, yeah. you're watching film and now you're starting to just nitpick and pick at, you know, what, what guys don't do well. I know I was very guilty of that last year because we had the longest draft process ever. And I was, <laughs> you know, my third or fourth round of watching videos. And then I look at my notes from when I first saw them to, I just kind of started picking them apart. I mean, like I said, this draft is kind of fluid. I think someone like, I don't know. I mean, Io could fall uh, or even like some of the international guys like Roko Prakachin or there's a guy yeah. that I really liked who I thought should have came out last year. Roko, Rokas Yokobitis from Zalgiris in Lithuania. Sure. Um, he's someone that could possibly fall. Uh, even a guy like Josh Christopher, I think his game is more so of a desired taste. Six four, strong frame, is a one-on-one player, does not really shoot the ball or play well off the ball. Right. And if a team is willing, you know, feels like they can develop him into more so of a team type player, then I think they'll take him. Right. If his interviews aren't well or his workouts, workouts, you know, aren't going really well, then I think he could fall. And he's someone that could end up falling that the Raptors could end up getting a steal on. And then, right. you know, one of those things where you, teams look and say, okay, we overthought this. <laughs> can't put the ball in the basket. But yeah, I mean, this draft is going to be tough to predict. Not saying previous drafts have been easy, but there's so many guys that are similar. And the question, like I said, well, you mentioned it earlier, at, at a certain point, some guys may not want to get drafted. So you may yeah. start seeing guys that, you know, are, are probably listed as, you know, ranked 80 on, on some draft boards getting drafted because some guys are like, no, I think I don't want to get drafted. This is a, a decent fit because, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, it seems like all the teams in the second round have like multiple picks. Like there's some teams that don't have any picks and there's some teams like, like Toronto, for example, they have two. Charlotte has two back to back. I think um, the Pelicans might have three picks in the second round. So it's going to be a really weird draft. Well, man, I really look forward to it. And if this is the last time we chat before the draft, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast a couple of times recently and uh, making us all smarter. You're really freaking good at what you do. And I'm very thankful that we uh, could carve out some time. Uh, where can people check out all your awesome work in the lead up to the draft? Well, thanks. Thanks for the compliment. It's still, it still kind of throws me off a little bit when uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been called an expert in the last week, a couple of times. And it's like me. So um, but I'm thankful for all the compliments. But yeah, you can find me on Locked on NBA Draft every Monday and Thursday. My website is nbadraftjunkies.com, which I need to update. I've been spending too much time on my YouTube channel uploading those videos. And 
I, I should have breakdowns of all the prospects that we mentioned within the next week or so, definitely before the draft. So whoever Toronto does draft with their three picks, you can go to my NBA Draft Junkies YouTube channel and, and, and find some scouting reports on, on, on the players there. So that's where you can find me at. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't think we've announced this yet, but in a couple weeks' time, you're going to be uh, front and center with uh, Locked On's draft coverage as well. I won't spoil too much beyond that, but it's going to be awesome, and I'm very, very excited to see that. Uh, and yeah, we'll have to talk to you soon, maybe after the draft, kind of get a breakdown on what the Raptors did, uh, and hopefully we can talk to you again soon, man. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, on Monday, we're going to, I don't know, we'll see what kind of rumors fly over the weekend. Maybe Masai Ujiri signs over the weekend. Who the hell knows? We will get into whatever we get into on Monday's podcast as we will be less than two weeks away from the draft when that comes around. I guess we are as this airs on Friday, but uh, it's getting close and it's very exciting. So keep an eye out and uh, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye bye.